This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? Welcome to episode 15 of Your Missing the Point podcast, where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the damn right bizarre aspects of life as we have conversations with people from all over the world. Today, I'm joined by a man who has been a catalyst for many people's journeys for truth, making people question the reality of their existence for which they are presented. A guy that is so far down the rabbit hole, he's popped up on the other side and went back down again. Let us welcome Catalyst Jones, host of the White Rabbit podcast. Catalyst, welcome. Man, I didn't even pay you to write that. And I feel like you probably spent a good day writing that intro. Thank you so much, man. That was amazing. No problem at all. Um, we all sent out a message to you to hopefully get you on to talk about some Flat Earth stuff. I've not spoken about Flat Earth in a standalone episode before. And looking around and hearing all the points of view out there, it seems to be very presentational. And I was looking for something a bit more laid back, more conversationalist. And I think you're the perfect person for this. Oh yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Cause I would consider myself a black belt. Like I (laughs) I texted you earlier. I'm a black belt, but like, then you got people like David Weiss, who's like a third, fourth degree black belt when it comes to flat earth. So if you have questions, I'm usually the guy to go to, but every once in a while, I will admit that I'll get stumped sometimes. So I'll have to like resource out. I think that's like the whole journey. Once people start to get into this subject that you're always looking for an answer. And I think that's the great thing about it. But at the same time, it has a bit of a double-edged sword when it comes to our community, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. But let's start it off with what was the main catalyst for you that got you into questioning the globe model? What was it that got this journey started for you? I love this because I'm always the person on the other end of the table asking the same question. So um, I was, I've always been a conspiracy theorist. I, as far back as I can remember, my earliest memories that I have, was been about questioning what this is that we are in and why I'm here. And so that's never been anything new. So I've always been a conspiracy theorist, always been questioning things, always been a truth seeker. And I was working with somebody. And at the time I was really into some dark things because I had just came out of trying to become in the music industry and decided that that wasn't for me. And I left that for reasons that would take up a whole like three shows. So anyways, long story short, I was at, uh, I was at work with this guy who was also a conspiracy theorist. And he was like, have you heard the new one? And I was like, what's that? He was like, 
dude, there's conspiracy theorists out there that are saying the world is flat. I think it's just some bullshit to like discredit all of us conspiracy theorists. And I was like, what the fuck? People are saying that the world is flat. Like, do people actually believe that? Like people actually fucking believe that. That is the dumbest, the dumbest thing that I have ever heard in my entire life. And I did not give it any credit or anything whatsoever until I heard rapper B.O.B. say something about it. And I was like, hang on a second. If rapper B.O.B. is saying something about it, he has everything to lose and nothing to gain from speaking out about this. So I think I should look into it. And the first thing that I did was back when I looked into this, you could actually look on YouTube and Google and Google the flat earth. And it was something that would actually give you good information. Um, right now, if you were to Google it or to go on YouTube and you were to Google anything about flat earth, it's going to be anything that is their words of debunking what flat earth is. When I did this, I got like ODD TV and all the really good ones in like, like Eric Dubay and all these people were coming up when I was, when I was, uh, Googling and looking into this stuff. So the first thing that I did was <clears throat> I looked, I looked up YouTube and I was reading comments on the YouTube videos before I clicked play on any of them. And in the comments on this ODD TV video, I saw a bunch of people going back and forth where they were arguing with each other. And some of the questions that I saw on it, I was like, all right, this is the one I'm going to watch. And I press play. And when it opens up, it says, you might want to remember this moment is the last time that you thought the flat earth was stupid. And I will be damned if that is not true, because that is the last time that I thought flat earth was stupid. It was a 35 minute video. And by the time it was over, I had more questions than I had answers. And because I've been able to look at things through a critical mind, I was more on the side of, okay, everything that they said makes sense but I'm still married to the globe and I can still disprove this. Like if I'm going to make a documentary, I know that I'm going to tell it in my eyes of my story. So like, that's how this documentary was made. So fast forward over a year and I was like, I'm a flat earther. Like there is no other way around it. Like everything that I've looked into and as dumb as I thought it sounded when I first heard about it, it's, it is the only truth. And well, now, no, that's what I thought then. Now, I don't believe that is the only truth. But back then, it was the only thing that made sense. Yeah, it's, you've hit the nail on the head that no one openly says that they were a flat earther the whole time. Everyone started off with the globe model. It's what we're presented to. As we grow up as a kid, we all see the globe in uh, entertainment, in cinema, in films, in books, in education, we all see the globe. So we all start off in that kind of thought process of that's what the world is. That's how we understand it. And it's really interesting how people can come across comments in a YouTube channel or have someone just ask them a question about it. And it promotes your thinking and, and almost like scratches the brain and gives you an itch that you have to scratch yourself when you go out and search it. For me, it was... I was always a globe person. I'd heard the flat earth arguments, thought it was interesting, a little bit of fun, like most conspiracy theories, but I never really took it seriously. 
And that was until I met Moral Bob and we became good friends and we started podcasting together. And still then, even with some of the stuff we were talking about, I was still probably 80% globe, 20% flat earth with a lot of the arguments. Until one morning I got up for a jog and it was like after six in the morning, a bit after six, 6.30. And I took a photo of where the sun was on my horizon. It was just over the horizon. And I sent it to Bob and I said, hey, Bob, where's the sun where you are? And he sent me back a picture of the sun would have been dead in the sky, noon, midday for him. And that's when I knew the reality of what we live in isn't what it should be because that sun shouldn't appear on a globe or a flat earth model. So my so, whole idea of the realm is blown out completely. So where is, so you're in Australia. Where is more above at? Uh, Texas. So it doesn't okay. even line up with the termination line on what the globe model should be. And really a- it doesn't work with the flat models that I've seen either. That's awesome. So uh, Moro Bob is actually going to be um, debating one of my friends who lives in who lives in Australia uh, on cunt very soon. So oh, fantastic! Yeah, um, I was trying to get that uh, debate with Bob going for the longest time, but I don't think it really panned out with a few other people. But that's great to hear that's actually going ahead. So in you, in your search and your your deep diving over that year and longer, what was the first bit of what you could classify as definitive proof. What was it that broke the camel's back for you? I don't know if there was anything. There was no, there's nothing that sticks out in my mind where I was like, that's it. Like that is it. But I will say that it was, it was just like, I mean, that is, that is really the term is the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Meaning there was a lot of straws until finally one of them broke, but it was just so many different things to where at one point, I found myself to where I wasn't defending the globe anymore. I was defending flat earth. And at that point I knew. So if you were a gun to your head and you had to give out three bits of evidence you think could at least make someone question the globe model, what would those three pieces of evidence be? Okay. Well, I wouldn't say like, what are the three? I would like to say like, what is the one thing that I would like to introduce people to the flat earth with, right? Because you don't, you don't just want to like shove somebody's head into the toilet. Like where's the money Lebowski? <laughs> like it's in there somewhere. I don't know. Let me see one more time. Um, you you got to like introduce it to him slowly. So, um, you know, one of the things I like to do is I would like to ask them, you know, like, um, what is your biggest question or what is your biggest hangup of why you think we live on a globe? And then I will go from there. So a lot of people will give me the basics. You know, it's funny how many people will still say that they can see a sailboat go over the horizon and that that proves the flat earth. I figured, I figured that was like, that's like one of the first fact check uh, fucking mic drops ever. I thought, you know, like, well, you just zoom in on that motherfucker and there it is. And then, but apparently a lot of people haven't heard about this. So I get that a lot, surprisingly, Um, uh, you know, um, but my biggest proof I would say is water always finds its level. Like show me any case where water does not find its level. It doesn't matter how big you go back, how much you take that zoom and you zoom back on it, it's still going to find its level. Just because it gets bigger, it doesn't start forming around something. And then I also like to take, 
if I'm standing in front of somebody, this is what I love doing because my dog is usually always with me. And so if I'm lucky enough, I'll have like a tennis ball and I'll get a tennis ball away and I will say, okay, so this ball has water on it. I'm going to spin it. Watch what happens. And the water flies off of that motherfucker. It doesn't stick to it. True. And this kind of brings us to the elements that made me research and question that NASA and what we call modern science perpetrates or keeps going certain ideas because the, the arguments that you naturally get back when you ask people, you, you probe them, they question that, they instantly go to, it's gravity. It's gravity. Gravity forces water into the smallest compressible size it can. You see that in the space shuttle when they open up an orange juice. It's always small little balls. That's the argument they always go to. But that leads you down a rabbit hole into finding out the type of fuckery that's going on with NASA alone. Was that a bit right. of a rabbit hole for you in your journey as well? Okay, so this is kind of I have I, I have kind of a luxury that most truthers don't have in the aspects that my grandmother worked for JPL. And so um, I would get uh, quote unquote um, satellite images every month. My grandma would send me all of these telescope, Hubble telescope, um, whatever it was that was sending back images. I would get all these great images that everybody else was seeing of all these stars and planets before the public was seeing them. And I still, to this day, um, have um, this thing that has glossy photos, five by tens or eight by tens or whatever they are, of what are supposedly NASA images or NASA photos. What they are is their images, their image composites. And even back then they were. Where were we going with this? What was the question? the, The rabbit hole of NASA and everything that goes along with it, because so much of what I've come across as the argument or the pro globe model is based around the evidence of NASA. Like we've been to space, we've got telescopes, we've got uh, satellites, we can look down on the earth, all those arguments. But yeah, like you said, a lot of these images that NASA has been bringing out and traditionally always have, they're artistic renditions and composite images. They're not legit photographs taken of the earth. Right. And another thing to point out is like the people that like started the NASA uh, project, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about uh, Lester Crowley, Warner Von Braun, you're talking about uh, uh, Walt Disney, you're talking about all these people that are involved in this that are highly occultic people whose, whose whole job is to deceive the world and, and lead everybody into a one world government who's in with this, um, J word uh, banking system that has been out to take over the world from its inception. So, uh, you know, if you can make people believe that they live on a fucking spinning ball living infinitely throughout our space, then you can make them pretty much believe anything you want. Absolutely. Now, one of the interesting things that I'll admit I never was never aware of, I grew up under the, the idea that the majority of telecommunications was done via satellites. Oh, it's all satellites now. It's done via that and they beam down to towers. For the most part, it's all via cables under the ocean and across yeah. land. 
Yeah, fiber optics is is an incredible, incredible technology that we have available to us. And most of our communications is done through fiber optics. And what's not able to do through fiber optics is why we have all these cellular uh uh, towers everywhere. They're everywhere. And I like to point this out to people too, is like, um, I, I know you don't live in the United States, but if you live in the United States and you've gone from California to Las Vegas, it's wide open desert. It's flat. There's nothing, there's nothing to block anything. So if our signals were coming from these satellites from outer space, that would be the clearest signal you would ever have. However, in that area of nothingness, you get no signal whatsoever. It's the same for the majority of Australia, except for the East Coast. Majority of Australia is very flat, very open, where really you should get the best signal possible. But it's always the sticks, the middle of nowhere, you will not get any internet service. So you you touched on gravity and then we kind of skimmed over it. And I think that's something that we definitely need to talk about a little bit more. So so let's jump back onto that because a lot of people are so hung up on gravity that uh, that is that's really what hangs them up to where they can't go to the next step that they need to go to accepting what flat earth is. So first off, you need to just dis, dismiss gravity altogether. There is no reason to have gravity. Gravity is just a, a fallacy explanation that they've made up in order to explain this ridiculous globe model that they have to begin with. So buoyancy will definitely explain everything that gravity needs to explain. And then also with the argument of gravity and gases, you have to have, um, you can't, you can't replicate gravity without having a container. So you can't, you can't replicate that without having a container. So that right there says that there is a dome or something that is containing us in what we are in. Therefore, right there, that proves that NASA lies that we've went to the moon. Either that lies that we've went to the moon and the moon is in outer space and that we've done all this shit. And that means they're completely lying about outer space right there, right there, because you cannot contain gas without a container. It's just not fucking possible, scientifically possible at all. And if you can't replicate it, then you can't. It's it. That's it right there. That's a scientific process. Everybody wants to trust the science and they're talking about trust the science and they're trusting this motherfucking mouse looking motherfucker on TV about a virus, but you know, they won't look into what science actually is and what the scientific method is. And you, if your hypothesis can't be recreated, then it's done right there. It's dead in the water and we cannot recreate gravity. Therefore it's dead in the water. That is why when people say the law of gravity, I fucking laugh because there is no such thing as a law of gravity. It is the theory of gravity. Yeah. As are most things in science, a lot of science is always going to be theory because it can't be replicated. Like you said, now gravity is that big one because it's fed to us at such an early age and it's something that the majority of people, they don't question because it's, it seems so far beyond what the comprehension of an average person can go into. They won't question it. But, but the, the funny thing is, is, is once you find out it's so much more simple than gravity, it should make so much more sense because usually like, what have you always been told as you, when you're a kid, usually the simple answer is the correct one. Yeah. Oppenheimer. And, <laughs> Right. And so like when you have to like 
explain this ridiculous thing to make gravity make sense, which even Neil deGrasse Tyson says uh, he doesn't know what gravity is. Nobody knows what gravity is. Then buoyancy makes perfect fucking sense. They're like, well, Isaac Newton saw a, a tree or an apple fall from a tree. Therefore, we know there's gravity. That is the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm sorry. <laughs> If Isaac Newton, Isaac Newton was a real fucking person, he was obviously a Freemason to begin with. And if that tree or if that apple rolled any further and it hit a body of water, it would have floated. <laughs> Absolutely. I find so, the, the interesting thing so, is the scientific paradigm it always changes and they'll be quick to admit that. Oh, the science has changed. It's different. The latest thing that I saw from the mainstream science was that the moon is technically not in space. It's in the most furthest part of our atmosphere possible. Technically, it's a part of the Earth's atmosphere to a certain degree. Right. So that would mean that it's local and that it yeah, is it's localized. Right. And, and, you know, another thing is, is when you tell people that we've never been to the moon, and then these liberals who like worship Obama and his husband and all, all these people. And you're like, well, I actually have footage of Obama saying that we are, we've never been able to reach um, uh, low earth uh, outside of low earth orbit. And we're hoping to do that within the next five years. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, there's fucking footage of it. It, it. He's saying that out of his own fucking mouth. If we have never been able to achieve reaching out of low Earth orbit, then how the fuck did we go into outer space to land on the moon to begin with? So, I mean, we can discredit everything that they say, but here's where, here's where it comes sticky is – how do we prove the shape of the earth? Because we can sit here all day long and like Eric Dubay has a book called, I believe that he's even has a video on the book that's called 200 proofs that the earth is flat. Well, all those 200 proofs don't prove that the earth is flat. What they do prove is they prove that the earth is not a globe. Yes. And I think this is the issue that even the people who are, uh, on the side of the globe, they have the, the idea that a flat earth is like a CD. It's a flat disc shape and that's it. And that's what makes it so ridiculous. But I don't think flat earth necessarily lends itself to being that shape. And like you said, the evidence doesn't actually prove that either. It just, it leaves us to the point where we have to question the reality of the shape of what the realm we're in is. Yes, exactly. And I, and I do find it also interesting because there is a contradictory and when people will point to some of the pictures and, and like those pictures are just depictions of what people are speculating on what they feel that the earth looks like, right? So we can't go to those as hard evidence. Um, but like when they talk about where the Bible says, and I showed him the four corners of the earth. And that doesn't, they're like, well, that doesn't see you're, you're saying all these other Bible verses that talk about uh, being a dome and this and that, but you're talking about a circle. And I'm like, <clears throat> well, in that Bible verse, I do feel that he was talking about the four powers of the earth and uh, meaning the social powers of the earth. Um, but if you want to get really down to it is like, we don't really know what the shape of our earth is. We just know that 
we walk on a ground and that ground is for the most part flat. I mean, if you walk on a carpet to you, that carpet is flat. But if you have ever watched the movie, honey, I shrunk the kids, you look at that carpet. It's pretty fucking crazy. Isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Good point. And even coming back to the, like the, the four corners of the earth, what's to say that's not lending to the four cardinal directions, North, East, South and West. They could still and- exist in a different shaped realm. Absolutely. So um, that's right. I um, I recently found out that you work with Moro Bob and I recently found out who Moro Bob is. Um, I've heard about him a lot, but I've never actually listened to him on anything up until recently. Um, good guy. Uh, I love I love his perspective on a lot of things. Um, so I would say that you are by now probably a full blown flat earther. Otherwise, he would have called you a dumbass blowtard, <laughs> right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, what was your aha moment then? It was that moment that we se- I sent Bob the, the photo of where the, the sun was on my horizon in comparison to his. And I did my due diligence. I looked at where the termination line would be and should not have appeared in the sky where it was in relation to where Bob was. It shouldn't have been there. I'm in the southern point of Australia on the mainland and he's all the way over in Texas. That to me told me that there's either two suns or the realm is not what it's supposed to be. That was my biggest aha moment. So that's another good theory too, right? Is there could be more than one sun. And uh, do you ever listen to uh, Whiskey Bear and Conspiracies or do you know who Big Country is? Yeah, I've, I've been on with Big Country a few times, yeah. Okay, so he had talked to me um, earlier and he had mentioned something about... Um, he said, what about planets? Like, what do you think planets are? And I said, well, at right now, what I think planets are is I think that they could be um, other entities looking down on us. I'm not sure what they are, because all I know is that when you look at them through what we have available to us at the moment, it looks like some sort of a light source behind water. So if you were to like set a glass of water down and like put a tiny flashlight behind that glass of water in any type of different color, that's what it looks like. They're always changing color and the shape is always moving. It's nothing like what NASA shows us, obviously, like it's not what they're showing us, but what it is, I don't know. And he was like, well, how do you feel about the theory that there could possibly be other lands outside of Antarctica. And I said, I'm all, I'm all for that. Like I I love, I love playing with that theory. Definitely a fun one, obviously who knows, but you know, we have Admiral Bird who the, um, the hollow earth people say hijacked that the flat earth people hijacked what he was talking about because they say that he was for hollow earth, not for flat earth. I feel like both exist at the exact same time. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive, are they? We know we can dig down, so. And, but basically in the essence of what he was saying in that interview that shut him up was the last interview is that there is land masses bigger than the United States, which we have not yet been able to explore. And um, outside of the Antarctica. And so if the Antarctica is what we think it is, and that is a barrier wall, 
a big circular wall, who's to say that this isn't just like one circular wall within many circular walls? And here's where the kicker comes in. What if planets are each one of those circles that have continents within the circle? What if those planets is its sun or its moon? Yeah, very possible. Um, I think science fiction does that quite a bit. And a lot of shows like The Outer Limits and a lot of the older science fiction shows, every time there's a alien penal colony or a slave race, they seem to be held in some kind of a dome on a floating rock that's being pushed through space somehow, but it still pushes the space idea. And there's always multiple other domes with different species around them at the same at the same time, which kind of leads to one of the theories that there's the shape of the earth could be like golf ball earth, which each individual divot is a realm and the dome goes down and the ice wall is the end of the divot. Have you heard of that one before? I have. And, you know, I can't completely dismiss it, um, but it sounds as dumb as Flat Earth <laughs> did to me the first time that I heard about Flat Earth. Well, that's the thing. There's so many theories of what's beyond the ice wall or what the shape of the realm is. That's the next big thing that I don't know you're really going to get the answer to unless someone sacks the Vatican archives or someone actually manages to get beyond Antarctica. But we all know you're going to get stopped by multiple military vessels on the way to do so. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and not believe that whole big golf ball theory just because I believe what the Bible has to say and the Bible would have described that and the, what the Bible describes as a flat motionless earth. Yeah. Even um, a lot of the esoteric pre or what you would consider pagan beliefs have the earth as a flat plane in some description. And it was only until really within recent history that we've gone to a globe model, which has largely been pushed by what's considered modern science. Right. And well, it, you know, it's only really pushed on that on, um, on a civilization type of level, because when you have people that work in certain sectors in certain areas, that's not what they're taught. When you're in the air force, when you're doing air force military training and shit like that. And when you're training to fly these planes and stuff, you're taught how to fly over a flat motionless plane. You are not taught that there's things spinning around you. And they say, because that makes it too complicated. But at the end of the day, like if it comes down to uh, life or death and you defending your country, you're going to give them something that's more complicated. So when the real complicated thing comes that they're able to overcome it, you're not going to dumb it down for them. This isn't like fucking two plus two equals five. We're not doing this dumb mass shit when it comes to flying airplanes for the United States government. Right. So when they teach them that they're flying over a flat and motionless plane, it's for a fucking reason. Yeah, otherwise you'd be constantly adjusting your trajectory so you don't slam into the earth or go off into space. That would be the issue. If you're if you're going off a globe model, you constantly have to adjust your position. So I have a question for you, and that is, and I still get people that will ask me questions and I can't answer them, but that doesn't necessarily, they're like, see? And I'm like, no, no, no. Your one proof doesn't, doesn't fucking dismiss the 500 fucking proofs that I had for the opposite for in a position. Right. So um, I'm curious when you were going through your journey, even after you had your aha moment with the sun uh, and where it was, what about 
things that still hang you up because I'm sure that there's still some things that you come across. So what are some of those things? What's something you've come across recently? You're like, oh, and have you, were you able to figure it out and overcome it for a flat earth win? Or were you like, cause every time I've come across something where I'm like, oh, I can't figure it out. But then when I do, I'm like, well, actually it can exist on both. I think the thing for me was traveling via plane. Like a lot of people in the world now have traveled via plane and it's a very simplistic argument that you've been on a plane, you've, you know that you've gone up into the sky. Of course, the earth is round. Well, we know that glass has a peripheral lens on it that changes the view. But at the same time, there's the travel distances between places that all, I always struggled with in figuring out why are we going in those directions when there's a more direct route? Why would we go the long way and have to waste fuel? Travel between South America and Australia, for example. We travel the long way instead of going over Antarctica. And it always comes back to Antarctica for me. I can't figure out or get my head around the enigma that is Antarctica. And I can't answer that unless I've actually seen it, I don't think. But I'm heavily, definitely at the point where that's good. I think the Antarctica long-term is going to be the aha moment for everyone. I think as a conspiracy junkie, that Antarctica has my, like has peaked my interest out of anything else, like any other place, like even the Bermuda triangle, um, the, the pyramids um, I, I'm telling you Antarctica, because it is the longest lasting peace treaty between nations that has been held. It's the longest standing peace treaty that there is. And that is for a damn good reason. And they're hiding something. Well, you're not sending down scientists there to study penguin shit all year, are you? <laughs> That's the thing. There's so many scientists that go down there, world leaders that pay visits to little islands off the coast of Antarctica. For what purpose would that be? Right. And why, why don't they let anybody explore it? Why don't they let people inhabit it? Um, and I'll have people say, oh, you can go to Antarctica right now. I can, I can go to my travel agent. And yeah, I can, I can go to Antarctica next week. I'm like, yeah, you can go exactly where they want you to go. And that is set it. Part. Exactly. And, and so there, there's a reason for that, right? Like, this is the Truman Show. We live, it, we live in like a mixture of the Matrix, the Truman Show, and, and fucking um, uh, idiocracy. Absolutely. Good analogy. What is it about flat earth though, that is so contentious because flat earth on its face, it taps into so many aspects of conspiracy theory where you would think it's going to be that uniting part of the truth of community air quotes. It has NASA, it has Antarctica, it has um, resource scarcity. It has all these things in it you would think would draw people together. But if you admit to another truth that you're a flat earther, it's like you've got two heads or you're a schizophrenic. People look at you very differently. Why do you think that's the case? Uh, it, it, it has that Q enigma to it, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's The new current thing is uh, you're an anti-vaxxer and you believe in flat earth. That's the two that get put together now. Oh, okay. Well, I think that the whole flat earth thing, especially among the truther community, not especially, but within the truther community, because I've been finding out that uh, the more it goes along, that I'm finding that people even recently who thought flat earth was stupid are now starting to be like, well, there, there's some holes here. 
that need to be asked about. So I feel like initially is with any other conspiracy, it's cognitive dissonance. But the cognitive dissonance on flat earth is so strong because it's in everything that we do in everything in society. It is, it is embedded into you from the day you were born. When you are in your crib, you have a mobile above you that looks like the universe going in circles with globes and stuff. And then you go into school and your first day at kindergarten, you're introduced to a globe and they teach you about that. And every single movie that you watch, it doesn't matter what the company is, whether it's Universal or Columbia or whatever it is, they open their TV show with a spinning globe or a globe of some kind. It's in everything and everywhere that we do in society to where if you would question it, you would be dumb, even though all of our senses and everything that we see goes against what, what we're being told. Yeah, and you could know someone your entire life and as soon as you drop flat earth or you question the globe, it is that cognitive dissonance that kicks in where all of a sudden you're put in a box and you're othered and they they really sometimes will question, do I keep the relationship going with this person who suddenly believes in flat earth? It's a really big one. Well, here's the thing, brother, is, is when you start questioning people about flat earth you are questioning them about who they are because for them to find out that flat earth isn't true is to burst their entire bubble about everything that they've ever known and some people just cannot handle that shit and it, it, like how hard was it for you? I know how hard it was for me. Like I was obsessed with it. I was like a newborn Christian. I was like, Oh my God, I have to tell everybody. But at the same time, you're like, I look like a fucking idiot. Like, what am I talking about? Um, so it's, it's really difficult, but you, like I said, man, that is the one thing that they have embedded into you so much. It, it, it So if you're 40 years old, that is 40 years of programming that you have to undo. That is not a fucking easy thing. Even if you are a truther or somebody that is a critical thinker and open to things like the flat earth, that is one thing that is like, once you give in, then, then you're like, Oh my God, I have to live my life differently. Yeah. And I think that one of the bigger catalysts to what led me to this was it wasn't just questioning flat earth and having that experience it was like Sam Tripoli says a lot. When you go into conspiracy theory, it eventually ends up going into spirituality or to some kind of connection in faith. And I was raised a, a non-practicing Presbyterian. And over my journey, I've been brought to the, to the point where I now have a belief in God. And that kind of coincided at the same time as questioning the shape or the realm that we're in. And that was two major things that actually connected and solidified it for me. You know, what's, uh, what's funny is, is I've started talking about this now, so I'll go ahead and, and speak on it. But um, I was a Satanist. I was a full-blown um, uh, uh I was practicing Aleister Crowley. I was reading Aleister Crowley's books, and I was going through his practices because I figured all these people that are rich and famous look up to him, read his books, and do what he does. So I'm going to emulate what they do, and I'll get the outcome of it 
at the same time, I knew that the earth was flat. So I'm like, I'm like going through this process of like this spiritual thing where I'm like getting into this super satanic and dark shit with my music and my clothing company. And then at the same time, I'm discovering that we live in a flat enclosed earth. And that means that, um, you, you know, like, I'm like, okay, so like I'm conjuring spirits, where are these spirits coming from? Um, you know, like with my music and stuff like that, like I'm, I'm reading Aleister Crowley books and I'm going by these things and I'm doing these rituals and I'm like, I'm communicating with these things. I know these things are not good. I knew that deep within me, deep within me. I knew that. However, I was uh, selfish and I wanted, I wanted worldly things. So I was reading these things and doing this thing at the same time. I'm learning about flat earth and flat earth is what I I had a, I had a moment where I was attacked, but, um, by, by demons, uh, physically attacked. And that's when I quit everything, but it was culminating before that with flat earth, my movement with flat earth and thinking, okay, that means that there is definitely a creator and that all the stuff that in the book of Enoch is true. If all the stuff that is in the book of Enoch is true, then that means that all the stuff that in the Bible is true. All the stuff that in the Bible is true. There's, there is an evil. So these evil things that I'm talking to and that I'm asking for, for fucking all these worldly things that I want for bitches and for fucking cars and for fucking MTV lifestyle, basically. Um, if those things are real, then that means God is real. And I'm not spinning infinitely a little tiny piece of sand that's nothing. Yeah, you're I'm not a speck of shit spinning through the universe. I... I'm actually something. And there's a reason why I'm here. And I should probably not be doing the things that I'm doing. And it changed. The, Flat Earth was the, was the catalyst that changed my life and my ways. You've hit an aspect that a lot of people, I think, come to. Yours was uh, a very different story to what a lot of other people get, but even the events of the past three years, seeing the the darkness that man themselves can bring about, if that kind of evil can exist, the light has to exist as well. And I think that drove a lot of people to faith too. But let's not go too far away from the topic of Flat Earth, even though that they're very connected as well. What's the end game? If there's such a movement to push the globe agenda, what are that? What are the powers that be, those who keep it a secret, what do they risk losing? Well, you just said, let's not get too far off the topic. And that is exactly the answer to the question that you just asked, brother, right there. <laughs> I found... I found Christianity to be something that I wanted to strive for. And I found my faith in our creator through flat earth. That's your answer. Everybody would wake up tomorrow differently. If, if the news that they fucking worshiped instead of the God that they say they do was, was to say, um, we were wrong this whole time. Apparently NASA lied to CNN and uh, they never went to the moon and we live on a flat motionless plane 
people will be like, holy shit, there is more to this. And then you you would know, you would know that if if this was a flat motionless plane, it would totally f- just change the way that you thought about life, the way that you lived your life, the way that you thought about a creator. And that is everything that they have to gain about it. And not only that, and like I said in the beginning of this episode, is if they can make you believe that we live on a fucking spinning ball flying through infinite bullshit, then they can make you believe in infinite bullshit. Yeah, well, at the same time, it's pumping fear that if we, if they would put it in the lens of if humanity knew we we're in a enclosed space, uh, that resource scarcity is a real thing. But if you have the idea of a globe in spinning through space and other planets, the potential for resources are everywhere and there's the, always the ability to constantly expand. And that's what they sell it on. They pump the fear. And yeah, you're right. If it comes back to it's all by grand design and someone more powerful and greater than we are created this space in which we live in that completely throws off their control matrix as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I, you know what, I just thought of another contradiction that I don't know if anybody's ever brought up. I'm sure somebody's brought it up because a lot of people are talking about the subject, but uh, who was the NASA guy who said I would go to the moon in a nanosecond, but unfortunately we've lost the technology. However, we're fucking putting Land Rovers on fucking Mars. So we have the technology to put Land Rovers on Mars, but we can't fucking go to the moon. Get the fuck <laughs> out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face. It's mental gymnastics as well. Surely if you had a, a really developed space program and you wanted to put a manned mission on Mars, wouldn't the moon be your stepping stone? You develop a little base on the moon to launch from because there's lower gravity and it'd be a much easier means to get there. Right, right. You would think that our space station would be the first stepping stone, which would be Mars, or which would be the moon, like you said. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, uh, there's also, um, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but there was a scientist or a physicist um, around the same time that General Admiral Byrd was talking about other mass land or lands of mass um, past Antarctica. There was also a gentleman talking about how the moon is not a tangible thing how he believes that it's a gas. Yes, there was an Australian scientist at that time who came out. It was three weeks before the first manned moon mission, or their first attempt anyway, and he was adamant that the moon is a plasmoid and you would never set foot on it because it's not a solid mass. It's a plasmoid. All the evidence at the time suggested that. Is that man still alive? Because I would love to interview him. (laughs) I think he's well and truly gone, but... Man, That's- I bet when he, when he was dying, he was like, those fucking liars. <laughs> but, but he was he was the pinnacle of, of Australian academia at the time. Like all major universities at the time were saying it's impossible for someone to go to the moon because we know it's a plasmoid. Well, you know, Eric Dubay was also uh, worked at a very prestigious colleges until he started speaking about Flat Earth. And they were like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're not talking about our global fucking Marxist system? Then get the fuck out of here. Exactly right. That brings us to our next point of what do you have to say about the likes of disinformation agents or unwitting accomplices, the people out there that actually give 
the topic of flat earth or the idea of questioning flat earth a bad name. Like Netflix has a huge number of documentaries that disprove it and make these people look like idiots because they prove themselves wrong. That's got to be all controlled psyop, surely. You know, I was thinking about this too, and I'm glad you brought this up because I haven't talked about this. When Netflix first came out, it was the shit. It was like Like, YouTube. It was like the Wild West. It was perfect time to be around. Do you know where I first watched fucking Zeitgeist was on Netflix? And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. They're showing us shit we shouldn't be seeing. And I feel like that's what they're doing right now with influencers and people like you and I. Not saying not saying that you or I are one of these people, but they are definitely targeting people like you and I don't be surprised if they don't fucking come at you, but what they're doing. And this is what Netflix did is it gained the trust because it gave somebody an alternative way of thinking and something alternative to look at. And they were like, fuck yeah, I like this more than what the fuck they want me to watch. I'm going to start watching this. And then what happened was it slowly turned into what they wanted you to watch. So now what we're seeing is these Tim pools. Mm -hmm. We're seeing these people like this who gain the trust of people And then these big corporations come in, they get their greedy little hands on them, and then they start putting out the things that they want them to put out. So they gain the trust of these people, and then they start promoting their propaganda, and these people unwittingly didn't know this happened to them because they thought they were thinking outside of the box by trusting something just as they do the mainstream media, because that's what people tend to do is they just find something that they trust it and that's what it is. And then they go along with it, not knowing that it was infiltrated. And that's what happened in Netflix. And that's what's happening with a lot of these people, even with you and me, with our own community, people that I know have been infiltrated and I won't fuck with them anymore. Yeah. It's, it's just unreal how to the levels that these people will go to, to try and sway public opinion or thought. Think of even something as little as Ancient Aliens. Ancient Aliens was a massive hit back in the day when it first came out because it was questioning the paradigm of history, of uh, other beings, other life, and it was groundbreaking. And then slowly over time, you've seen it's the same season regurgitated again and again and again, pushing the same message. So... Ancient Aliens also pushes the fact that we live on a spinning globe. Exactly. Right. Right. And and I've always been obsessed with aliens from as far back as I can remember. I remember watching the movie Fire in a Sky, a movie about Travis Walton. I'm actually going to uh, try to have Travis Walton on my podcast. Um, That movie gave me PTSD like you would not fucking (laughs) believe. Same thing. Scared the shit out of me as a kid. (laughs) And so, you know, like for me to like think that there was anything other than outer space was fucking ridiculous, but it's an, it's another controlling psyop. And, and like, I had to come to terms with like, I know fucking aliens exist. I know this, but now I'm like, wait, well, you know, like I've looked into the book of Enoch. I've looked into what uh, these 
ancient demons and what people call reptilians and the real society and all these things are. So like all these accounts actually go hand in hand, not to mention the government does fuck with people. So like, yeah. you know, Project Monarch and all those types of things. You're yes. preaching to the choir here, brother. Julia from Cosmic Peach and I, we put out an episode together connecting demons and aliens and like you for the longest time, I was all in on the alien thing, all in on UFOs. It's a really entry-level thing for conspiracy theorists because it's so fantastical and fun. But when you really look into it, they're not wrong in calling them aliens. The alien just determines it's not of this earth. If they're demonic entities, they are not of this earth. So they're right in a, a roundabout way, but what we're oh. presented with is very different. That's funny that you say that. And I'm going to go off totally topic. And everybody that was just listening to me that was like, I'm going to follow this guy. He sounds kind of cool. Now they're going to be like, oh, wait, fuck this guy. I'm not going to follow him. <laughs> Check this out. I have two funny stories about aliens. Okay. So I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. When I was in high school, I was taking Spanish. And I don't know why it, I was taking Spanish because I had to take Spanish to go to college. And I didn't want to take Spanish. I didn't give a fuck to learn Spanish. And I was voicing that. And my teacher was like, well, I don't understand why you think it's such a bad thing to learn Spanish. And I was like, I just think it's fucking stupid that I have to learn a fucking language because people want to come to my country. If I was going to go to another country, I'd expect to have to learn their fucking language. I wouldn't have to expect to adjust to them. And, um, um, Anyways, I got kicked out of Spanish for being racist (laughs) when I was in high school. And then... um, Racist towards a language, go figure. Oh, you know what? The the funny thing is aliens, aliens. This is what brought it in. Is because uh, the funny thing was uh, somebody was... Somebody was like, do you believe in aliens was the question we had to ask in Spanish. That was the (laughs) part of the lesson. And it was like, do you believe in aliens? And I was like, hell yeah, I believe in aliens. Those motherfuckers cross the border every single day and they don't even get caught. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's what brought up that whole discussion that got me kicked out of Spanish. Um, and then another thing about aliens is up until I was about 25 years old, I would say from 18 years old until I was 25 years old, I thought that Asian people were aliens from outer space or a different um, entity because all the Asians that I knew in California were very smart. They were smarter than anybody else that I knew. None of them were poor. They all had fucking money. And then I was like, and you know what? All our fucking technology comes from them, too. <laughs> And that was just like little stand-up bits that I had that like I <laughs> well, attempted. I, well, ironically, there is a theory behind, like that pushes that where it's the Sitchinite interventionist theory where all the multiple races of human beings have been genetically altered and have different aspects of alien races. That's why we're all so different. So even those types of theories push the idea of the, the globe and the universe model without actively pushing it. So it's, it's almost a dividing factor again that let's divide humans by a race when we're all humanity anyway. And it pushes it into a lens of us versus them. Yes, absolutely. But it does go a little bit deeper than that too, because bloodlines are very important. And when you start to mix the bloods, um, then it becomes easier to control the people. And that is exactly what we're going through right now. And that is uh, 
what the first two world wars were secretly about was um, a certain group of people that were trying to mix all the other bloodlines while they stayed pure in theirs so that they could take over the entire world. Yes, well, and, the Tav- we know what the Tavistock Institute wants to do with a, a 2050 agenda. So, yeah, you're absolutely yes. right in that regard. So, and that is exactly what we're going through right now. And that is exactly what we're seeing. And it looks like, um, it looks like we're coming to a very close finish line on that. It looks like uh, this battle is very intense. And what sucks is there's so many NPCs around us that don't even realize the battle that we're going through. And most of these people that are laughing at us and making fun of us don't realize that we're fighting for their well, very well, their very well being. Yeah, and they're the only, and they're the people that actually engage with us. The broader majority of the population, it's blissful ignorance. Like I'm sure, like it's once you've been red pilled or black pilled, or you have the veil lifted, so often you have a thought in the back of your mind, God, I wish I could just go back to not knowing any of this was true because it is so heavy. Once you find out how the world is and what how things really work, it is a really heavy thing to carry with you each day, and that's why it's so easy to become black pilled. Yes, uh, so. And this is something that I like to jump into too. This is totally not about flat earth, but um, I was was extremely blackpilled before Q came along. And um, I just called into Cunt the other day and we talked about Q for a second. And I was like, well, the thing about Q is it was so shiny because it had a happy ending to it. It was like all this fucked up shit you guys have been looking into. Guess what? There's a hero. There's a solution. And so all of us were like, ooh, the claw, right? And so... <laughs> Except it was Kennedy. Look, Kennedy's coming back. Well, yeah, Kennedy Jr. But And that was, that was also another misconception is actually Q never said that. That was something that the Anon said and made something to discredit uh, Q. But when somebody asked Q on the boards, on the Chan boards, is... Uh, JFK Jr. alive, Q said no. There you go. Well, I think that the poisoning of the well worked really, really well. So then. here's here's another thing too, is I get, I, I you know, I, I'm looking at two hats on my wall right now that have a Q on them. So I, I fell into Q hook, line, and sinker. But the only difference between me and the majority of people that fell into Q hook, line, and sinker is I was actually reading the drops on the Chan boards and I was trying to decipher them for myself. What the other population of the Q with 95, 98, 99% of the population of the Q followers, the Anons were doing was they were letting all the other people decipher what Q was saying. And then they were regurgitating what those people that were trying to decipher were saying. So it's like Chinese like, whispers. You're getting someone else's interpretation and then thinking of that at yourself. Exactly. So they were just going off of what other Anons were deciphering. I was actually out there trying to deciphering it with the other Anons. I was never posting what I was deciphering, but I was always watching what other people were deciphering from what he was saying. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. You're right. Like, and then I would be like, cool. But there was some times where I'd be like, no, that's not how I deciphered it. And I don't see it that way. And, you know, that that's whole that was the whole thing is like, think critically. And, a lot of people were like able to start thinking critically because of Q, but it sucks because it was also, it also created just another flock of sheep that were just going along with what the fucking Anons were saying. Instead of actually critically thinking, they were just like, yeah, critically think. 
but they weren't actually critically thinking. They were just yeah. regurgitating critically think. It's all about discernment, isn't it? And I'm not going to lie, the whole poisoning of the well of the Q movement has burnt a lot of people to the point where it becomes really hard to listen to or take on new view, new views. Like um, Anonymous Sean on on um, Ron, I've, had, I've Ron. had him on my show. Yeah, which I've listened to that episode. Those are the hardest episodes to listen to for me because I know I have my own bias when listening to it just because I've been burnt by what the Q, the, the poisoning of the well and the Q movement did. And it's a hard thing to overcome. What do you think about that whole thing? Even though we're moving away from flat earth again, but I think it's all interrelated anyway. So like anonymous well, Sean talks about what, what you're very much um, similar way of thinking by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to tell you, dude, Q, Q leaves like a fucking uh, a bittersweet uh, feeling inside of me. Right. Because I've, I've talked about this many times that I wouldn't have met any of you guys if it wasn't for Q because I wouldn't have started doing this. So like, I love Q for that. At the same time, I feel like I fell for the biggest fucking psyop ever. Uh, but there's also things about Q where I'm like, I don't really feel like I felt for a psyop. I felt like I, I did, I did feel, I did fall for a psyop, but I feel like it's deeper than that. And I feel like there's still things happening that has to do with Q. So like, I do feel that Q was an artificial intelligence um, that was pumping out things that was uh, not necessarily an artificial intelligence, like a quantum computing artificial intelligence that is able to predict things that were that are going to happen so basically it's like when you play um when you play madden instead of picking your own play you just go ahead and let the computer pick the best play that's going to work for you which i feel like is what q was it like was able to see the entire fucking video game of how fucking the broncos versus the raiders was going to pan out and it was just telling you all these leaks in ahead of time uh, uh because I, I feel like that's where quantum computing is right and i feel like that's exactly what q was and i still feel that there was a lot of truth to it and i still feel that there is a lot of truth to come from it however it was just another psyop but everything is a psyop every fucking thing is a psyop 100% it is. As a public school teacher, I know that all too well. Uh, when it comes to Q and the good that comes out of it, I, in a lot of ways, like you said, it was up to interpretation by people and they misconstrued things and perpetrated mistruths without realising it. They're unwitting accomplices to misinformation. The Bible is like that in a lot of ways where if you read the Bible, you know we are saved. As a people, as followers of Christ, we are saved already. We know that the outcome is going there. We hard times, but the outcome is going to be good. So in a lot of ways, Q taps into a lot of those things too. And that's what I have to get my head around is that just because there was the misfortune around Q and how it was handled by the broader population doesn't mean it can be completely distrusted. So that's where I was like, that sucks that you have that discernment whenever you hear uh, Anonymous Sean talk, because those are my favorite episodes is when Anonymous Sean is on there, because he looks at it in a way that I looked at it in the beginning, 
But then when everything unfolded, it, I was one of the last people to jump off of the Q train. I like, I, I held on for so fucking long. And I think I held on for so long because that's how I built the trust in my following was because when I started my show, white rabbit actually had 17 in the spelling and like, it was a Q based show. And, um, I was trying to give people X 22, but like with a better fucking twist, you know? And, uh, so when I jumped off of the Trump train in order to jump off of the Trump train, I had to be like, well, if I'm jumping off of the Trump train, I got to jump off of the Q train because, uh, Trump is the headliner, right? Like this is the touring, this is the touring concert and Q and Trump is the headlining fucking act for Q. And so like, if I don't like their headliner, I'm not going to go to the concert anymore. Um, and that was a big deal for me. I got kicked. I, I, you know, it was, it was the catalyst that uh, got me. I'm not saying it's the reason I got kicked off of the Patriot podcast network, but it is the catalyst that got me kicked off of the Patriot podcast network. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's um, those episodes that they put out are absolutely amazing. They're very thought provoking and it's a weird kind of position to be in a mindset for me that as a person who's finding faith, I can believe that someone's already saved us and we're going to be saved in the long run. It's fine. But at the same time, when we hear about um, devolution, it's almost the, the analogy that the white hats are coming to save you and you can just sit back and do nothing. But it's really just like flipping a switch in my thinking that that's not necessarily true. We still need to do things individually to make that come about. Yeah. And I, and I 100% agree with you. And that was the pushback that I had when I had it on the mission on my show is I was like, that is the biggest thing that I have against Q is the people that would have actually done something, these militias, these armed people, or even not even militias or armed people, people that would have actually gone to their state capitals and just stood in front of their capitals not even armed, just stood there and said, we're not fucking leaving until you guys hear us and, and you do something about this because the, this, uh, this election was fraudulent and we're not fucking leaving until you fix it. And those people didn't go out and do that because Q said, um, sit back, enjoy the show, Trust grab the a bowl of popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, they thought that Trust. someone was going to do it for them. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. I always had a bad feeling about trust the plan. And, you know, like um, I used to have a friend who has a really, really, really big show. And I would talk to him on a daily basis. And I would be like, dude, I don't like trust the plan. And he was like, I don't like trust the plan either. He was like, how about we just change it to trust that there is a plan. And I'm like, well, okay, trust that there is a plan, but let's say like they take out all of these people and everything, then the world is still fucked, right? So then we got to trust that there's a plan for after the plan. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's still putting faith in that there's an outside source that's going to do it for you. And there can, so, be, there can be an outside force that's working on your behalf, but it can't do it alone. And maybe it's working through us and we have to be the ones that discern what is right from wrong and what we do. So let me separate these two real quick. Let's separate Q from devolution, okay? Let's say that Q was the, uh, was the initial, um, Q was the heat, heat races before the main event, okay? Q was what had to take place in order for devolution to take place. 
And Q left a really bad taste in a lot of our mouths and, and myself included, I'm leaving it. But let's talk about devolution as a whole different entity, a completely different entity. This is biblical. This goes back to the moment that Eve was deceived from uh, whoever you believe deceived Eve, because that's also debatable. This is where that takes place. And there was contracts that were made and there was contracts that are broken. And there are things that have taken place. And the way that Anonymous Sham breaks it down with devolution and how it coexists, coexists, especially with the things that are talked about in the book of Enoch, it's really hard to turn a blind eye on the things that he says because it really makes sense. It's yeah, it's very compelling. That's the thing. I've read the book of Enoch front to back multiple times and that's that's the real thing. What he says makes sense. It puts a lot of it connects a lot of dots. Yes. And, and um we totally got off a of flat earth, brother. See, this is what happens when you have Catalyst <laughs> Jones. I told you, you text me earlier today. And you were like, you ready for the show? I'm like, yep. I just know that like, uh, yeah, we'll talk about flat earth, but I'm going to go all over the fucking place. That's right. It makes for good, genuine conversation anyway. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, okay. Let's try and rein it back in a small bit. Let's talk firmament. So, you may or may not be aware, I dare say you are, because you're the, the black belt in this conversation, about the amount of nukes and missiles that have been sent to try and break the firmament. Are you aware of Thor's hammer, Nuke? Um, okay. First off, I don't believe in nukes. Okay, let's, talk, let's just say large-scale explosives then. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And then this can also play a role with devolution as well. Okay. So this can, this, this, I really feel like this plays a role in this entire thing that we're seeing today. When people say that flat earth doesn't matter because we have a bigger war right now facing us with this globalism thing, but this is a spiritual battle. And this is a huge spiritual battle. And the thing is, is these people have been trying to defy our creator from day one and hide it from us that they have been trying to do this. And so, yes, with the experiments that you're talking about, I mean, uh, Project Fishbowl, right, where uh, we're trying to put nukes up into the firmament to see if we can blast it free. So this is actually something that is documented. You can look into it. Um, and we haven't been able to do it. Then you have people like Hillary Clinton, who's like, one day we're going to be able to blast through that big, huge glass ceiling. <laughs> right? She said the quiet part loud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, what what is my thoughts on it? I mean, uh, my thought is, is we have a bunch of satanic, satanic, psychotic fucking people that are in charge. And they're trying to uh, defy God. We have a bunch of people that don't like dad's rules. So they're fucking doing what they can to see what they can get away with. And that's my point that supposedly one of these air quote nukes, large explosive, whatever you want to call it, is named Thor's hammer. It's pretty symbolic when you're using the name of a weapon used by a pagan God to try and smash through a firmament built by God. It's just that symbolism all wrapped up in one neat little package for them. 
Yeah, it's it's a uh, well everything that they do, right? I mean, you have uh, George Bush who went like by uh, Gog, and his dad went by Magog, who is also evil gods. Um, I'm sorry, I had the hiccups. All right, I'm good. Um, <laughs> a lot of these things that um, the governments do in their secret. Uh, not even necessarily secret, but then just like their covert names that they hold for things is all biblical. And if you look at like Hollywood, every fucking movie is a story out of the Bible. It's just told through a different perspective, a different lens. It's, it's a Bible story. So um, just like it says in the Bible, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Look at just look at a normies lens. Look at every single show that's on Netflix is literally a brand new version of something that was made 50 years ago. Hey, what do you think about uh, Inside Job? Um, I have actually haven't seen it. Is that the cartoon series? Yes, Haven't man. watched it. Haven't watched it yet. It's on my list. How um, come I have not talked to a single truther that has watched Inside Job? The only people that I've talked to that has watched Inside Job is normies. So I cannot have the discussion that I want to have with them. All right, you know what? Check this out. I would love to invite you onto my show. Uh, there's two seasons of Inside Job. Let's do two episodes. You watch season one, and then we'll do an episode where we go over episode one and we talk about it and we just break it down and bullshit about it. Perfect. And then we'll do Let's the, do it. Do, and then we'll do the same thing for episode two. Sounds great. Uh, um, that, I think yeah. that's that's it's cinema television that's where it's all out in the open i think it's probably because inside job seemed way too on the nose for me to look at i never got around to it like the um the mike myers recent film the triaverant like that took me the longest time to get out and watch you know what i heard you talk you were on somebody else's show and you talked about that and i was like i wrote it down and i have not watched it yet it's it's i dare say it's probably tapping into a lot of things that the show you're talking about is um really just in your face, putting it all out there, tweaking the names to make fun of it a little bit. But once you know, you you know. This show doesn't even tweak the names, bro. Like uh, they have, uh, they have um, like a big party at the Bohemian Grove. And, (laughs) and so um, the Illuminati, like their big guest list is like the Illuminati, the Rockefellers, like all these different people. And so like Jay-Z is the uh, person that represents the Illuminati that comes. And then there's like all these people and they have Alex Jones in the fucking dungeon, like chained (laughs) up and shit. It's like, bro, everything that they talk about in these shows, I was kind of pissed off because I was like, They've been looking at my Instagram and they fucking were writing scripts off of everything that I post. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my name in the credits? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they probably just had someone that showed up to all the parties and wrote down their diary and turned it into a TV series. <laughs> no, man, I'm telling you, Hollywood is so fucking um, unoriginal that if they can't like make an old famous movie uh good again by changing people to gay or you know whatever it is that they do like whatever lgb2135 thing that they're doing um they don't really have anything else under their sleeve because when's the last like new 
movie that you've seen that's like groundbreaking that's like different that's like a new idea you oh have god it. no and, and the best movies that i could i remember are still the ones from the 90s and even now when i go back through and watch those says hidden symbolism and stuff in there when you really look for it the big thing oh, i'm man. noticing with hollywood at the moment though is they are genociding all the ginger characters from everything and this is my bias as being a redhead but they're replacing all the ginger characters what is that about <laughs> Well, they're uh, pr- they're replacing all the white characters. That's funny that you say that because today I just posted a meme and I didn't make this meme. Um, if you look at my stories and my stories is usually the memes that I find other people make that I find funny. If you look at my feed, you'll see the memes that I make. But um, in my story, I posted somebody had made a meme. I, I believe it was a uh, silent meme majority and it was uh, Kramer from um, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, the episode where he's painting over the white lines. Yes, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, and so I had to share that. I was like, "That was perfect. That is exactly what the fuck is happening." People are all in an uproar about like um, uh, Little Mermaid right now. But I heard I, I don't know who it was that said it, but it was hilarious. It was like, "Well, you don't have to worry about Tarzan going like that because there is no way that Disney is going to put a minority or a black person swinging from fucking trees, acting like an ape." Oh my god! You know what though? Have you seen Ant Man, um, the latest Ant Man film? I've heard people talking about this. Oh and god, there's I haven't. A, there's a part at the end, and spoiler alerts for people that I don't give a shit because it's been out for a while. There's the end when all the Kang variants are together, and the first one is it's a black Egyptian guy. Yeah, okay, cool, whatever, because he's the Egyptian version. Then there's like a Fu Manchu version where it's a black guy with Asian face and Asian like the long fingernails, like. Big Trouble in Little China type of a deal as the bad guy. That's probably the most racist version I've ever seen in cinema lately, and it didn't even get picked up on. All right, that synchronicity just told me that I'm watching Big Trouble in Little China tonight because every night I've been trying to decide on what I want to watch to go to bed because I've been like looking at 80s movies like because that's like my feel good that's my blue pill shit is i'll watch old school 80s movies and like feel good about myself and big trouble in little china has popped up and like for the past three nights i'm like i'm gonna watch this movie i'm like uh i've watched it too many times but you just brought that up so i'm watching that shit tonight okay but you also said kang and so I haven't seen this movie, but I did have on Anthony Grafeo on my uh, podcast before, and he um, is kind of big in the Q movement. Um, He started the Kangs, the Kang movement, and he's like, see there because I brought up the same thing I just did to you about inside job. I'm like, they're watching our Instagrams and they're fucking (laughs) making movies and shit about it. And he was like, yeah, man, Ant-Man, the Kangs. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, maybe they really are. hundred <laughs> percent they are. They can't create, they can only manipulate and steal. Well, that's what demons can only do. Demons cannot create. They can only manipulate and steal. That's right. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I don't know where to keep going with this because we originally came in with Flat Earth, but we've been having such a great conversation about everything else under the sun, which is awesome. But what would you, if you could say to the listeners not to unload things on them, but if there was a point of flat earth, what do you think the point of flat earth is? Well, the point to uncovering it or the point to hiding it. 
go with both. Let's get both perspectives. Okay, so I feel like the point to uncovering it is to open people up to be like, holy shit, if they're lying to me about this, then what in the actual fuck else are they lying to me about? Because like that is huge. And that is the mother of all conspiracies. When you realize that they're lying to you about where you live, then you realize that they've manipulated everything else around you. It's like, and and I hate to be like everybody else that quotes this, but it's so true. In the Truman Show, when he says that people accept the reality that is presented to them, that is 100% fucking factual. Because if you were born and everything around you was the opposite colors and you, you know, like everything was totally different, you would just accept that because that's how you were born and that's what you were grown to know. So like when... Um, when you learn that people think that the world is flat, just know that they had to go through a, a lot of fucking turmoil and fucked up mental shit to come to terms with themselves, to accept to themselves that the world is flat and that they've been lied to. So like when you criticize them and call them stupid, just know that like they've already been through and went through every single thing that you have. They've already asked all the questions that you have, they've already been critical like you have, and they've called people names like you have. So maybe um, what I have to say is like, maybe just try to have a little bit of an open mind, even if you think that it is stupid and spend a little bit of time doing some research on it before you even open your mouth about it. And if you want to debate somebody about flat earth, then maybe you should get to know about the lie that they told you that you live on. Because when you debate a flat earther, they're going to know everything that the scientists told you that you live on and they're going to fucking murder you. I think that's the problem with uh, moral Bob is he had. Oh, sorry. Bear with me. There we go. Sorry. I think that's the issue. Moral Bob had so many issues trying to get that debate going, but the people who in the chats with us about going through of it they weren't even aware of the evidence of their own model and they couldn't they it would have been a slaughter it would have been a complete waste of time but you're absolutely right you have to actually look into what someone's arguing can i can i say something to moral bob right now actually go for it like i've never actually i've never actually talked to you moral bob like i know who you are i know you know who i am because sean chris used to be my co-host um i would just like to say to you brother like I completely understand where you are coming from because I know how fucking irritating it is, but try to understand that some of these people, it's like really, really, really fucking hard for them to grasp and they're not stupid. So like, I think that you can catch more flies with uh, honey. So like, try not to insult people so much, man. Like I love where you're coming from and I love what you're doing, but um, you turn a lot of people off when you insult people. So like, um, yeah, man, just shit. That's all I had to say. Like, I think you're coming from a good place, dude. I think you're really coming from a good place and I understand it because I get irritated too, because when people are like, whoa, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, I've, I've fucking told this to fucking 536 fucking people already. But like that one person that you're telling it to, they haven't ever heard it. That's the first time for them. 
even though it's like the 536th time for you, that's the first time for them. That's what I meant to come across as. It's like, it's new for everybody. So like, I understand when you get frustrated, but like, try to understand where they're coming from. That's all I have to say. Cause I love where you're coming from and you have the greatest information. I just wish you would like, uh, not call people names. Yeah. I think he's, this debate's going to be good for him. And like you it's said, my friend that he is debating too, by the way. And he's so. an Aussie. Who is he? Who's, who's your mate? She, she, she. Oh, who's she? she? She wishes, she wishes to be anonymous. So. Oh, okay. That's fine. No problem at all. But yeah, I agree. Um, but like you said, we've all kind of been at this point where we want to scream and yell at people or we get really pent up and frustrated over something that we now know to be true. It's really frustrating when people dismiss things that you know are factual or that you've put so much time and effort into. So yeah, I tend right. to agree with you that, yeah. He and to- when you get the same questions and you get the same responses, yes, all the you know, time. then you're like, oh my God, I'm dealing with another fucking NPC, you dumb motherfucker. Like, I know what it is like to want to call somebody a dumb motherfucker. But at the same time, there are some good people out there that actually honestly want to know the truth. And you turn them off when you are like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah. Just try to understand that some people are coming from a good place. They're yeah, not coming and, from a bad place. And like, yeah, he's got a lot of fire. I think he just needs to tone down the fire on when to release it and when not to. Other than that, I think it should be a great debate. And that wasn't a that was not an attack on you, Moro Bob. I think you're awesome, bro. Just like Yeah. Bob, if it wasn't for you, I would not question what our reality is. So thank you. All right, Catalyst. Where can people find you in your work? Um, well, right now you can find me on the corner of market and seventh. Uh, I'm holding a sign saying we'll work for food. No, I'm joking. Uh, you can find me on Rockfin. You can find me on, um, basically everything that Spotify doesn't have their hands on. And then, um, also look me up on, uh, Instagram because that's where I put out my fire content. Yeah, follow me on Instagram. That's where I originally found you. And all those memes are absolutely perfect. Love what you share. Love what you do. Go out, give Catalyst a listen. He's putting out absolute amazing work, guys. Um, if you want to question your reality a bit more and probe your own thinking, his show is definitely the one for you. Um, I've been Drew Missing from your Missing the Point podcast. You can follow me on Instagram under Missing the Point, and I'll catch you later. Thanks for having uh, being on the show and having this conversation. Hey everybody, it's closing time. You don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here.